0: And now your host, me, Philip Riccobono. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Coming to America podcast. In a minute, Jason Cosky of the Japan Times. This is episode 17. I can't believe we made it this far. Uh, the bosses upstairs were close to canceling us a few times, but I pulled a few strings and getting guests like Jason Cosgri has kept the show on the air. Um, just a side note here, uh, it does take time to get these podcasts out, I, and I'm backed up right now, people. I just got over final exams. Uh, I'm a professor as well. Last weekend, I went to Munhawk Stadium. I got Jojo Reyes. I got Chris Seddon. Chris Oxpring will come up next. We did video with them. We shot stuff for the documentary. So if anybody wants to volunteer their time to help me edit and produce these podcasts, uh, send your tweets, send your emails. I can't pay you. Okay. So anyhow, without any further ado, uh today we've got Jason Coskry, like I said, from the Japan Times. Jason, thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks for
1: having me on again.
0: Oh, appreciate it, man. Always. Um let's just uh first off start with uh you see you say, am I saying it right? You say Yeah, you okay. say you say kakuchi. Left-handed pitcher from the Cebu Lions. Um you wrote a piece on him recently and said that he's blossoming, and um, looks like his his ship has finally come in. I mean, I remember this kid in 09, everybody was talking about him, like you mentioned in the article. I talked to some scouts, a bunch of MLB, MLB teams were on him, and people thought he might be the first guy to bypass the MPB. Um, that didn't happen, but... Um, Jason, just talk about how he's blossoming right now and, and, and is is you know what what the sentiment around the league is about him.
1: Well, so far Kikuchi's he's had a, a pretty amazing first half of the season. He's I think he's about eight and two now. He's got on one point three or ERA, considering that the offense is going up because of the ball, that's probably even a little bit better
0: mm-hmm.
1: part that he's got a one point three or ERA. But
0: which we'll touch on later on, ballgate.
1: But yeah, he's um he's had an amazing start to the season. He he had a few like minor little health issues in his first couple years, and there was some controversy with him and one of the Sabu coaches one year. And then he's been working on his he's changed his arm slot a little bit. He's changed his mechanics a little bit. He's throwing a change up a little bit more often. He's gotten a better handle on his off speed pitches, and he's got a great fastball. And, it's pretty much, you know, all it's all just coming together this year. You saw he was pretty, he wasn't bad his other years, but he just wasn't, um, I guess, as in control of his stuff and his changeup was nothing to write home about. But now he's got a change-up to go with his other pitches and it's really helping him out so far this year.
0: Now, historically, is Cebu pretty good with accommodating players who want to get posted?
1: Um, Well, historically, they, they've only had one guy that they posted, and that was Hiroyuki Not Nak- I'm take that back. They posted another pitcher whose name I forget right now, but he didn't get picked up. But, but um, like Kazumatsu was a free agent, so he didn't have to be posted. Right. Um, They posted Nakajima, but they posted Nakajima on their terms. He wanted to be posted before, and they, they told him no. And then they finally posted him, and then, of course, the Yankees picked him up, and he never got signed. And when he went over this year, he was a free agent, so... There's not really much history with Sabu, and as far as posting players, but that's that's pretty much the same with all the teams. There's not really much history because you know, still there's not been you know hundreds of players who have been posted, so there's not that much history anywhere so what, far
0: yet. What have you heard? Do, do, do you think they'll let him? They'll let they'll post him when he wants to get posted.
1: It, de- it depends on the situation. I don't think right now. I don't think he wants to be posted as far as. Anytime soon, I think, in a, maybe in the next few years, depending on how he pitches. You know, I talked to him. I don't right now. I don't think he thinks he can pitch particularly in the major leagues right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, who knows? Who knows? In a couple of years, I don't think he wants to be posted right now. I don't. But I don't know how he's gonna feel in the next four or five years, because even he said that he has some interest in pitching in America, and if he ever got the chance, it might be something that he'd be interested in doing. So, who knows what's going to happen in the in the near future.
0: Yeah, well, originally we all thought he was going to come to America. Um have you spoken to any scouts or other scouts watch MLB scouts around um any any interest in him at this point?
1: Well, he's on he's on people's radar obviously mm-hmm. because of a couple of years ago, but as far as, you know, scouts are as you probably know they they watch everybody. They, you know, they look at everybody. There's no more interest in Kikuchi as you know there was a couple of years ago. He still he's still young. He's still left-handed. He still throws hard. Um, I guess if there was interest in him in 2009, then there has to be a little bit more now because he's he's really starting to mature. He's really starting to get a better handle on his other pitches, and he's only going to grow. So there, if there was interest a few years ago, there's definitely still interest now.
0: Is it a case where you're seeing uh, multiple scouts at each of his games?
1: No, not necessarily multiple scouts at each of his games. Because I mean, right now, I don't think anybody expects him going anywhere anytime soon. Right.
0: right. So,
1: so I'm sure they're, they're keeping tabs. I know teams are keeping tabs on him, but there's not as far as the traveling caravan as there was when Darvish was pitching or when Tanaka pitches around You say right now.
0: Yeah, we we saw that last year here in Korea with Ryu Hyun Jin, um, Kikuchi came close to bypassing uh, the MPB. Um, so did Otani. Uh, will we see a day in the next year or two or three where a kid from Japan finally gets the guts to do it and sign with an MLB club? Your prediction?
1: Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna happen. I mean, as far as when is it gonna happen, I have no idea, but. It, it's going to happen eventually because these, these kids are different than the kids before. They, the Dice Case, Koji Uehara. Just on, in the simple fact that before you had guys in the major leagues who were, who were stars. They were, they were on another level. But I think the major leagues is attainable. It looks attainable to the kids now who are in that upper 1% echelon like Kikuchi was, like Otani was. And eventually there's gonna be a guy who's going to have the wherewithal to go to the states if who knows if Otani had been drafted by someone other than the fighters who are open to letting him pitch and hit, maybe he would have just gone over gone to the states, but with the fighters making the pitch and allowing him <laughs> to do those things you know, and I guess also kind of scaring him away from the minor leagues a little bit too kind of helped him. Make the decision, but yeah, eventually there's gonna be a kid that's gonna go. Just like people then, people wondered if there were ever gonna be guys who went to the major leagues at all, and then Nomo did it, and then more people have done it, and then Tazawa skipped MPV and eventually somebody else is gonna do it too, and a high school kid's gonna do it.
0: Well, that that brought me to uh, one of my questions. You mentioned about um, Shohei otani playing outfield and pitching. Um, how long do you think that's going to go on for? I mean, are they going to kind of milk that thing as long as they can? Because I doubt when he goes to to the Major Leagues, if he goes to MLB, that that will continue.
1: It may not. I, uh, I have my reservations about if he goes to the Major Leagues, if a Major League team will allow him to do that. I doubt they would, but you, you never know. But as far as here, um, I think right now the fighters are content to let him feel his way through because he's he's shown a lot of promise as an outfielder as an outfielder so far he's got a lot of doubles he's got a great arm out and out and out in right field he actually got voted into the all-star team recently although he didn't particularly deserve that on skill it's more popularity and that's perfectly fine because the all-star game is the fans game and they want to see him but i think with curry kuriyama there he's kind of a different type of manager he seems to be more open to that the fighters seem to be more open to that kind of thing so i think they'll i think they would let him do it for the next i think they probably let him do it next year as well and maybe even on to today until you know maybe until it becomes a detriment to the team or he just really begins to shine at one or the other and they you know give him an ultimatum that you've got to do this
0: you mentioned that he uh got voted onto to the all-star team and maybe undeservedly so i spoke to brandon knight who's pitching here in japan uh sorry here in korea and pitched in japan already uh nexon heroes right hand pitcher and he mentioned he played with darvish darvish's rookie season that japan is just for some reason or another in love and enamored with rookies can you talk about that a little bit
1: well yeah i mean it's the the hot new thing basically as Why, was, why were Americans enamored with Mike Trout and Bryce Harper? It's, it's pretty much the same everywhere. I, I will give you, there's a little bit more hero worship as far as foreign, uh, not foreign, but uh, rookie players here. I would liken it more to the fanfare that NBA rookies get when they go into the NBA. Mm hmm. And it's pretty much like that. You know, it's this new thing. It's this new kid. It's this new, you know, because high school baseball is so revered here as well. And so especially when you have a high school kid who's going to come out and go straight to the pros the way Fujinami did also, there's going to be just a great amount of fanfare around him because these kids grow up and they're stars in high school because of the tournament. And then they go straight to the pros, whereas in, in America you have, you have a high school phenom and then he's going to drop off a while while he's in the minor leagues getting ready to go to the States. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, we, you know, we don't see you so you're kind of out of our attention and people don't really form that connection in America the way they do here because the kids here, a lot of times the stars will come out of high school. And if they don't go straight to the top team, they'll be with the top team if they're good Mm -hmm. and, a few months so i think i think what he says is true but i also think there's it's just a different situation if you look at a basketball if you look at basketball college rookies who go to the pros are big stars because people know them people identify with them and they they can follow them to the pros and i think that's pretty much the same thing here in a lot of
0: cases that's an interesting difference where they they make that big jump right away um good job on that one um also, the other thing I wanted to talk about here was the cultural pressure for a guy like Otani or Kikuchi to stay in Japan, and like the allegiance that they have maybe to the state and to the league and and to the culture and to their people. How, just how much of that pressure plays a big part in their decision making? Can can we talk about that a little bit?
1: Um, you know, I'm sure it varies case by case, but. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure it's as bad as it as it was. I don't. I think, you know, with Otani and especially with Kikuchi, I think it was. It, I think it was less cultural pressure and more. You know, we're going to guilt trip you into staying here, and beat mm-hmm. you and guilt trip you into staying here because there there are a lot of people who wanted them to go to see what they would do. I think Japanese mindsets have changed a lot since Hideo Nomo. Who was vilified, basically, when he left. And there was all kinds of cultural things when, when when Noma left. But I think society is more accepting, more used to players going to the States. And I think there were a lot of people who were curious enough to want to see Otani go to America and see what he'd do, see Kikuchi go to America and see what he would do. Just and I mean, that brings pride to Japan. Those guys can go over out of high school and in a few years do well. So I don't know how much cultural pressure there is anymore. I mean, as far as just the whole country coming down on them, there's a lot of pressure probably from within baseball who don't want to see a, a string of high school kids skip MPB. I think that's where most of the pressure is coming from now, but I and Bob White would be you know, much better answering that question or, or Jim Allen. Mm-hmm. Cause they've been here a lot longer than I have. But from my perspective, I think on Ontani and Kikuchi, it was more people putting pressure on them personally than there was, you know, people of Japan saying you should stay here. Because I think there were a lot of people who wanted them to go and there were a lot of people who wanted them to stay.
0: One thing I wanted to ask you about uh, I, I did a, a lengthy interview with Brandon Knight, um, one about an hour, I broke it into five parts on YouTube and two parts on iTunes uh, audio. Um, he pitched both in Japan and now he's in Korea. And he said um, he's playing in Korea now. This is his third season. He really feels a part of the team. Uh, there's only two players allowed on the roster uh, on the, besides the expansion team, two foreign players He's one of the two, along with Danny Van Hecken, really feels part of the team, accepted, doesn't have to worry like he did in Japan about being shuffled back and forth between the minors because I believe he said in Japan they have five foreigners on the team, um, and I think they keep three on the roster and shuffle two back and forth to the minors, and he kind of felt like hired help there and not really part of the team. Is that the sentiment and the feeling you get a lot from these foreign uh, players who come to Japan? Mm-hmm. Well,
1: you get four players on the roster. Four, okay. One, but um, as far as as far as that, I, you know, I don't know Brandon's situation. I wasn't here when he was with the Hawks. I wasn't here when he was with the Fighters. That was before I got here, so I don't you know particularly know particulars of his situation. Um, Japanese teams do. Quite freely, you know, bring up and drop down foreign players, and it's harder on foreign players because you can only have so many on the roster. So, if you have more than four on the team, then when someone comes up, someone has to go down. And you know, they're pretty—I don't want to say cutthroat, but they're pretty business-like in the fact that you know they'll they'll send you down on on a whim sometimes.
0: He mentioned hired help. That's how he felt.
1: Well, I mean, what player isn't hired help in? in the the grand scheme of things. Because it's not as if they won't send Japanese players down, too. Nobuhiko Matsunaka, you know, he he upset his manager and got sent down after he had a, like a, I think he had a game-winning RBI, and they sent him down the next day just because he upset the manager. You know, Japanese players get sent down, too. Foreign players get sent down, too. I think it's a little bit more... I don't want to say unfair, but it's harder for foreign players because they're adjusting to, especially for first-year guys, they're adjusting to the game, they're adjusting to being in a new place. There's so many adjustments you have to make, and if you don't make those adjustments quickly, then and depending on who else is on the roster, you might get sent down to go you know, work it out on the farm where they can get you some at-bats and it doesn't hurt the team. Although, on the farm, you don't play as much either, so... It is a little bit harder for the foreign players.
0: Interesting. Why don't they play as much on the farm?
1: That's just the teams. I, I don't I don't really know why they don't play as much. I mean, I'm talking about the whole team, not the foreign players. Oh,
0: okay. Just the schedule?
1: Yeah, just, okay. just the schedule, not, not the foreign players. Okay. But as far as not feeling a part of the team, again, I wasn't here when Brandon was here, so I don't know his situation with either the Hawks or the fighters, intimately at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... There, there are guys who feel that way. There are guys who don't feel that way. I think it's it's a case by case basis on how you feel. Uh, I've met guys who have felt perfectly a part of the team, and I've met guys who felt, you know, that they were alone, that they were aloof. It's harder when you're the only foreigner on the team, which happens a lot of times. To just maybe, if you, maybe if you got three pitchers up and a, and a and a hitter, you know, he's by himself in the dugout most of the time. And sometimes you have foreign players who end up by themselves. And so that can maybe lend to that feeling. But I also think it's it's a case-by-case basis. It depends on the player, depends on the team. You know, everyone's different. So I've met so many guys who's, who have done poorly in Japan, statistically just could not adjust to the game. And they felt perfectly a part of their team. And they loved to hear. And I've seen guys who who had some success, but they didn't like it here and they didn't feel, you know, ingratiated in the culture. So it depends on the person.
0: Okay. Um, In the beginning of the season, I heard a lot about um, home runs around the MPB from John Gibson and Jim Allen on their uh, podcast, Japan Baseball Weekly. Um, And then, rest assured, Ballgate emerged um, leading up to Ballgate, was there a lot of suspicion around the league? A lot of eyebrows raised about the ball being juiced.
1: Oh yeah, every everyone knew it. Yeah, everyone knew something was different. So,
0: and and wh- you know, after that, I mean, uh, a lot of face was lost by I think the commissioner, and did it, it leaked? It leaked by the the ball company. Is that what it was?
1: Well, what it was, the, the players. Um, they were gonna commission some kind of study I forget forget exactly the particulars of it but they had gotten fed up and they wanted answers and they were going to petition some sort of review or research and so mpb's hand kind of got forced and they came out and admitted all this what was going on
0: and the the commissioner so did he come public and make an actual public announcement with you know news with cameras and all this stuff or was it just a, a statement from the league
1: well, he he came out after after everything hit the fan and said he was he apologized for what it was and the commissioner actually said he had no knowledge of what was going on. Supposedly, it was the general secretary of the league, Kunio Shimoda, who who basically spearheaded the changing of the ball and apparently only three people in the NPB office knew and the commissioner somehow was not one of those people and. He maintains that he didn't know anything at all. No one told him that the ball had been changed, and because the league had issued denials earlier in the year when people had asked, and they said we didn't change the ball at all. So,
0: wow, interesting. So, but the dust is pretty much settled now, and have they? They are still using those balls, right? There's been no changes in the balls.
1: No, they're they're using the ball. Uh, the dust, I think, is far from settled, though. I mean, there's still, I mean, there's still a lot. To, to go on from this thing I think the players at least and probably the teams to an extent too and the managers they're not so much upset that the change was made it was just that MPB kept it secret for some reason which baffles the mind I, believe, I personally believe if MPB had come out and said they were going to change the ball because the impetus for changing the ball was the players said that the other ball went too far, it didn't fly it wasn't good for the game It tilted too far towards pitchers. It killed offense a little bit too much. The players came to the league about that, and the league changed it. But so I don't think had they come out and said that we're going to change the ball, I think there would have been no controversy at all. Mostly it seems the players and fans are more upset about the cover-up than they are about what actually happened. So I I think it's far from over it. I personally think you know somebody's going to get fired, whether it's the commissioner or whether it's Shimoda. You know, there's going there's a sword somewhere waiting for someone to fall on it. It's just a matter of who's going to do it.
0: Well, interesting. We'll keep posted for that. Um, I went to the WBC uh, and uh, John Gibson posted on his. Uh Facebook about Masahiro Tanaka this week, and like I said, at the WBC, Tanaka in that first game against Brazil, and you were there covering it for uh, MLB.com, didn't seem to have it that day, and I sat with some of the scouts and talked to them, and they didn't really have a high opinion of him. Uh, He did bounce back, I think, in the next game, I think he came in in relief, and his stock went up a little bit, but uh, the overall impression after the WBC wasn't too impressive, but now we fast forward, uh, almost halfway done with the season. He's ten and zero. Uh, his uh, ERA is one point four five. Uh, Ninety nine innings, um, seventy seven strikeouts. Uh, he's on pace, like John Gibson said, for twenty four wins. Um, do you think he's going to hit twenty wins? Uh, I don't. You know, I haven't seen him pitch. I don't know his history. Is he a first half pitcher, second half pitcher? What do you think?
1: To say somebody's going to hit twenty wins. It- and he's only got ten right now. Is uh, he's on pace? He's definitely on pace for it.
0: For mm-hmm. sure. Well, John said twenty. He's on pace for twenty-four.
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, you know, so much goes into winning a game, losing a game, getting a no decision. So I, I, would I, if I had to make a guess, I would say he. I, I would bet he probably get there. But you know, it's far from a. You know, certainty. He's on. He's definitely on pace for twenty four. He's on pace to have a, just an amazing season. Um, he hasn't lost since August the nineteenth of last year. Wow. He's made. He's he's got. He's won fourteen decisions in his last twenty starts, dating back to last year. So Tanaka has really, he's really come on this year. He's his um his fielding independent pitching rating is actually lower than Kikuchi's. Is better than Kikuchi's. Mm-hmm. Probably having. I guess all things considered, he might be having a better year than Kikuchi is right now, as good as Kikuchi has been.
0: Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, go, go for it.
0: I was going to say, what's, uh, I don't know anything about his contract. and uh, He's still kind of young. Is he 24, 25 years old? So I imagine he's got a few more years left on the contract. What's the talk about him getting posted? And are scouts, um, is, you know, is a scout wagon uh, following him around?
1: Yeah, they're they're following him. They're following him around for his starts, and
0: so he's the guy right now in Japan that everybody, you know, MLB. He's the number one guy. Would you say on the MLB radar?
1: I think he's the number one guy on the radar by virtue of quite a few people think he's going to come out this year,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and maybe who knows if he will or not. There's you know varying degrees of certainty with that, but there at least seems to be a decent. Chance that he could end up getting posted by, by the Eagles. Well, who knows? The Eagles—they don't—they won't—they don't really have anything after him, so they may not be so willing to lose their other top pitcher so soon after letting Iwakuma go. So, well, won't or, they?
0: Won't they get a substantial amount of money, and then they can be big players in the free agent market?
1: they get a substantial amount of money the free agent market isn't quite as robust here as it usually is in America
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um and i don't know how much money the the eagles would get because you know posting fees have started to really go down in the last few years darvish was the exception more than a rule and you know makun isn't really projecting out as darvish he's he's projecting out as really good but he's not projecting out as darvish and so i don't know how much they're going to get for him if he were to be posted. They get some money, but I don't know how much they would get for it.
0: Um one thing I, I wanted to ask you about with regards to Kikuchi. Um you mentioned that he was a little talkative after the interview. Anything you can share with us about that? Was it just like, you know, non baseball topics or what's what's he like personality wise?
1: i uh, his personality he's got a really good personality. He's really Seems like a really friendly kid. He's, uh, yeah. We we didn't really talk about much after the interview. We just kind of, you know, talked to each other a little bit. He wanted to kind of know my history a little bit, and I mm-hmm. told him, and I told him I saw him in high school and this and that. And we just talked about a few few different things before he had to to go off to a meeting. So he's got a really really good personality. He seems to be a really friendly kid. So, how
0: how about Tanaka? What's he like?
1: Um, I've never interviewed Tanaka one on one. Tanaka when he's on the field he seems pretty much all business. And Tanaka's very he's very uh he's very emotive on the field sometimes the way Darvish was and he was here. Um he seems like a an easy enough personality. He doesn't he's he seems a lot more hmm, I guess hard. Harder than Kikuchi, maybe. As far more stern, more serious, but on on the on the diamond and after right after game, so I've never interviewed him one on one so I don't know how he would be in that situation. He seems pretty easy going on his hero interviews after after game, so his personality may be closer to usage' I know darvish his hero interviews you know he was all he was just serious throughout those, and Tanaka is usually a little bit more candid during his hero interview. So maybe he's got an easier personality like Kikuchi does, but I've never interviewed him one-on-one, so I can't really say.
0: Okay. And finally, um, before we uh, wrap this up, Manny being Manny in Taiwan, left early, about a week early, didn't uh, fulfill the contract. Um, he was allowed to leave as long as uh, he wasn't going to play for another team in Taiwan. They started off at 25,000 a month, and they raised it to, I think, uh, I don't know what it was 40 or 60. have to look that up. But anyhow, they tried to keep him there. He wouldn't stay. I talked to his agent, Barry Praver, while he was on his way out, he wouldn't comment on his next stop. Um, people were talking about him going to Japan, and then the Yankees, um, but it seems like uh, it's kind of died down now. they said it was going to work out. Last I read, uh, news reports in the states and try to get back into MLB. What are you hearing?
1: That he wants to play in the majors.
0: Yeah, but he will, he will entertain Japan offers. Is it? Uh, have you heard any more about Chibolote Marines and him, or is it kind of died down?
1: Well, the Marines just signed Craig Brazil, so I don't know if uh, there would be they would be players for Manny at this point anymore. They they've got a bat. they were they were, they're were in need of a bat, and they were thinking about Alex Ramirez. They they expressed interest. The manager said that it'd be interesting. So I don't know. I don't know how serious they were from the beginning as mm. far as you no know, signing Ramirez. Maybe it was exploratory. Maybe it was the manager saying that it's something that they would want to look into. But you know, as I said, they just signed Craig Brazil, who's gonna be coming back over here. I guess. Either later this month or early next month, so I don't think they're gonna be in for Ramirez. I, hey, maybe they will be, and it'd be, you know, they could have him and Brazil. But I don't entirely would, I don't entirely see that. But maybe they would. Do, but, you,
0: do you see another team that may have interest in them that needs some power? Um,
1: as far as teams that need some power, they're not. He'd probably have to be. He'd probably have to play in the Pacific League with the DH. Mm so uh you know rock 10 could always use another bat actually no rock 10 has got jones and mcgee who are both you know swinging the bat pretty well oryx doesn't particularly need a power bat either the fighters i guess the fighters could use him but they've already got Hoff power and they've got michelle abrade who's who's playing really well so far at least the last couple of weeks so, uh, the Marines were the team that was really desperately in need of a, a power bat, and they just signed Brazil.
0: Jay, what are you working on right now?
1: Um, Right now, I'm trying to put together an interview with some other guys. I'm thinking of maybe trying to do a piece on uh, Hayato Sakamoto of the Giants. He's a guy who got just, when I was at the World Baseball Classic, and I, I figured most scouts or American, you know, Reporters and journalists would ask about Tanaka, and everyone wanted to know about Sakamoto. So I was thinking about doing something on him. But I just finished the Kikuchi, and we're we're just kind of seeing what the next movie is right now.
0: How long does it take you to put a piece together like a Kikuchi?
1: It depends. Um, the Kikuchi one, I turned around pretty quickly. Just I talked to him. I talked to Baldiarese. And everyone was at Cebu Dome, so it was pretty easy to do it. It, it just really depends on um, number one, how many, how long it takes to get the guy, how long it takes to do the research, how long it takes to track down, you know, some other perspectives, some people. For instance, I wrote a I wrote a pretty long Darvish story a couple about a, two weeks ago, and it took a while because of doing all the research and tracking everyone down
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the Kikuchi. That took about, I don't know, a day and a half. So it it really depends.
0: Will you uh, cover the All-Star game and and Koshien?
1: I don't expect to cover Koshien. I will be at the All-Star game. Well, I will be at one of the All-Star games at the very least.
0: Explain how that works, the the, the All-Star game format in Japan, for those who are not familiar.
1: Well, MPB plays... When I when I got here in 2007, there were two All-Star games, and now there are three All-Star games. It's not really the All-Star game, it's the All-Star series, technically. Okay. And it's it's pretty much the same as the American version, except they play three games in three different cities instead of one.
0: Do the games have any implications? Do they dictate the... Uh, home field advantage in the in the Japan is it the Japan series? The
1: Japan series, but no, the, the All-Star games don't really dictate anything.
0: Okay. So they're kind of like the old All-Star games in ML- MLB just kind of an exhibition. Right. And then can you explain the playoff format uh and the finals or the you know the the finals of the championship format in Japan it, it seems to be a little different than here in in or in MLB?
1: Well the uh, the format is the climax series and basically the top 3 teams in e- <clears throat> excuse me the top 3 teams in each league advance to the climax series. The the pennant winner when they earn the pennant and they also earn home field advantage in the final stage of the climax series and they get a bye in the first stage of the climax series which leaves second and third place to play a three game series which takes place entirely at the second place team's stadium the winner of that plays the climax the final stage of the climax series entirely the five-game series and that's entirely at the the stadium of the pennant winner who also starts that series with a one-game advantage automatic one-game advantage
0: it seems unfair to be honest (laughs) uh it doesn't seem like a real series
1: it's it's unfair as far as the the one game advantage thing. It is unfair basically. You get they get home field advantage and they get a one game. They get a one game advantage, but uh I think part of that is just there's such a the purist here and there, you know, there are a lot of purists and that kind of thing and people it it seems as if they could they can't handle the fact that the team that doesn't win the regular season pennant doesn't go to the Japan Series because before the climax series which I believe it started in 2004 I could be wrong about that 2004 2005 in the Pacific League and the Central League didn't start until 2007 but you know before that every whoever won the pennant won the, went to the Japan Series specifically League, Central League and it seems as if you know the purists, the the old timers. They can't. They, the fact that the pennant winner might not go to the Japan series is something that's untenable. So they gave them a little bit of an extra advantage as far as getting to the Japan series, and it it also it kind of coincided with the fact that the Giants, who pretty much run policy here in the Central League, climax series in two thousand seven, they won the Central League by I think they won by a pretty good margin. The Chunichi Dragons and the Tanshin Tigers played out the first stage. The Dragons won and then they swept in the Tokyo Dome, beat the Giants and all in in the series and went on to the Japan Series. And went on and won the Japan Series as the non pennant winners and then miraculously right after that, then you have oh well, now we get a one game advantage. <laughs> so
0: So the what again, just this, this is very confusing. Who gets the one game advantage in in the Japan Series?
1: The Japan Series is just a straight seven game series. There's no advantage. And okay, the,
0: and and there's no and who has the home field in that?
1: It switches league by league every year.
0: Okay, so that's like MLB used to do. Right,
1: and they play a they play a two three two format. So the first two games are at okay. the team, and then the other team gets the next three. Then the other team home team gets the next. Mm-hmm. Three. So the Japan Series is
0: that's more fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but the climax sounds. Ludicrous.
1: <laughs> a, uh, yeah, the one the one game advantage is something that's it's it's not it's not a fair thing to me at least to give a team a one a one game advantage and home field advantage. Well, it's
0: unfair to the fans too.
1: But uh, I mean, the Marines in two thousand ten. The Marines had they were third place, and they went they went on the road and beat. Seibu, and earned their way to the final stage of the Climax Series against the Hawks. And they played that game entirely in Fukuoka, overcame the one-game advantage, beat the Hawks, went on one in Japan Series. So it can be done. Miracles
0: do happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, Jason, uh, how do the fans uh, reach you? Um, The easiest way is to reach me
1: on Twitter at Jake Hoskary, or you could send an email through the japan times on any one of my stories but the quickest response would probably come from twitter
0: okay well i look forward to seeing you next month uh or sorry in august i will let you know uh, my dates and i hope to catch up with you do a uh on-site video podcast and podcast and uh catch up with you Uh, and i have a t-shirt for you as well okay so uh, I will let you know about that. Thanks as always, Jason. It's Jason Cosgry from the Japan Times. No problem. Thank you. Okay, take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay, that was Jason Cosgry of the Japan Times, a very talented, knowledgeable sports writer, covers mostly baseball. I see he's doing some Japanese football, not soccer, football. So anyhow, um, coming up in, on the next Coming to AmericaBaseball.com podcast. We'll have Chris Seddon and Jojo Reyes of the SK Wyverns. Before that, we will wrap up Brandon Knight Part Two, and we will also have Chris Oxpring, both video and audio podcasts for Oxpring, Seddon, and Reyes. I uh, want to thank everybody for listening. To reach me on Twitter, Coming to A M E R B B. That's coming to A-M-E-R-B-B, or email me, phil, P-H-I-L, at comingtoamericabaseball.com. Please subscribe on iTunes to to comingtoamericabaseball.com, and we'll see you down the road. Enjoy baseball. Bye-bye.